Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week, we're going to tackle some tough issues. We're going to answer your hard questions and take a candid look at the Christian faith. If you're anything like me and you've been cooped up in your house for uh, a week and a half, two weeks plus uh, at this point or even longer, you've been trying to get whatever work you can done. Um, I know some people have been laid off. There's people that I know that are in the hospitality industry and um, they've had to be laid off from their work and certainly our prayers are with those people who are um, going through great time of uh, economic stress and difficulty at this time but I know that um, a lot of us have a lot of time in our hands and we're trying to think through what's going on and the main question that really keeps coming up is how much longer will this last Um, and we don't know the main thing is that there's a lack of uh, of knowing, and sometimes that's where fear gets bred. And the longer it goes on, the deeper the fear sets in and the more questions that arise into our minds of, of uh, what will the implications and the fallout of this be um, long term. And really, we don't know. Uh, but some ideas and, and thoughts that have come across my mind as, as I've been considering it, this is the Lent season. Lent representing the the 40 days that uh, Christ went into the wilderness, into the desert, uh, withdrawing from people um, to have communion with God. And um, he didn't eat bread. He didn't have any of the necessities of life. He really was um, um, seeking solace and isolation in some sense, but also um, putting more and more of his trust in his father and strengthening that relationship, though it was already strong. And in that time, Christ was going without. He had loss. And I couldn't help but think, in some ways, we've been forced into a season of Lent, each and every one of us. Now, the Reformers um, didn't adhere to Lent um, because it was being made a necessity uh, within the, the Catholic Church. And so we've a lot of evangelicals have done away with it. Some have brought it back. Now, obviously, it's a a freedom, and I think there's a lot of good that can come from it. Um, it makes us uh, put something that we cherish, that we hold to, and, and put it to the side and focus our attention on Christ and really focus our attention as we lead up into that holy week leading up to Easter and, and considering what Christ has done for us. And so I think there's great benefits to it. But again, all of us have really been forced into this Lent season where we are without. Uh, Many of us are apart from uh, some family members who may live in different cities or countries or states. Many of us are having to do without gathering of bodies, uh, gathering of of the congregation of believers. Um, And these are hard things because those are good things. These are things that God wants. And yet, for love of neighbor, um, for adherence to the law, uh, we're having to uh, stay in our homes uh, for protection. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. In fact, if anything, we've noticed that online statistics of viewership of church services around the country, at least, and probably around the world, have increased. Uh, There's more people watching online on a Sunday service or throughout the week going back and watching it than would have been 
sitting in the pews on a Sunday. And so it's forcing people to ask questions and really consider and think about what is happening, what what does all this mean, and how does it fit into the grand scheme of life and all things that are eternal and all things that matter. Um, and so I think the Lent season that we've been forced into in some way has been a blessing for us. Um, it certainly made me consider and take account of what I value, what I cherish, um, what are the things that are really what I would call the froth of life that really have no uh, substance to them, but they occupy my time? Um, what are the things I'll be willing to do without when this is all over with? What are the things that I truly enjoy and cherish and miss in this time of isolation? The second thing is, again, as we come closer to Easter time and, and Holy Week, is the concept of resurrection, the most powerful illustration of God's love for us is that he sent his son that he would suffer and die and that he would be raised to life to demonstrate his conquering of death. And in a much smaller sense, we are looking forward to a a new life, a rebirth, um, when we will all emerge from our metaphorical tombs of our homes and emerge to interact with people and see friends and see family and love on people and and even hug one another. I mean, even the lack of uh, physical touch with people um, will have a profound impact. We know that um, their expectations of the increase of uh, depression and suicide through this time of isolation will increase. And so... Um, can I encourage you, if you're feeling this way, to reach out to a friend, reach out to anyone that can connect with you and talk with you and, and listen to you? Um, I think it's extremely important. But again, we're, we're, we're thinking about Easter. We're thinking about the resurrection and that time of reentry, of rebirth, renewal. Um, you know, here in, in, uh, in the South, all the trees are blooming, and I go out in the backyard and I look, and I mean, my neighbor's oak tree has literally blossomed and bloomed all of its leaves within a matter of a few days. And it's really a beautiful picture of that new life coming, and yet we're stuck in our homes. Uh, I'm stuck, you know, only driving between grocery store or, you know, whatever emergencies that I need to run out for, and then really just being. Uh, stuck at home. And so I think we're all looking forward to that day of rejoice. And I know many people were thinking that coronavirus uh, quarantine would be lifted at Easter and there would be this great celebration. It's looking like it's going to go past that. But it doesn't matter because really we celebrate Resurrection Sunday every Sunday and, and, and really we should be celebrating it every day because of the new life we have in Christ and for what he has done for us. But I know we're looking forward to that day when we can emerge from our tombs and really appreciate the lives that God has given us. And a third thing I've been considering is is just this aspect of hope. I read an article recently that was talking about how Christians don't have the specific answer to why this is happening, uh, why God is allowing this virus, this pandemic to go on around the world. We don't have a specific answer. We don't know exactly what he is doing, um, but we do have a general answer. And um, I wanted to read from Second Peter chapter 3 to help bring to light some of those general answers that are coming from God. Peter writes in his second letter in chapter 3, 
This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water and by the word of God, and that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening in the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn, But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And so we know that these are signs and symbolic of an eternal coming, a final coming rather, of Christ. This should signify to all of mankind that there is a creator, that he has a purpose, and that a, f- a final day will come, and there will be a judgment. And, you know, if as we consider that, it may appear dim to us if we try and put ourselves in their mindset. You know, God is using this. He is using it. He is awakening people, his people, who at the moment may not be thinking they're his people, but he's drawing men whom he's elected to himself. And it's really a wonderful thing. And, you know, I can't help but, but gather this picture of... Uh, the garden and the original uh, originality of sin, you know, the fact that uh, this probably, as far as I've, from things I've read, that this began with someone eating something that they weren't, shouldn't have been eating, an, an unclean meat of some sort, and then that has now transmitted to others. Um, it's, it's a little picture of Adam and Eve and the, the sin that has carried on to all of mankind, and we're all affected by it. Now, obviously, it's not a perfect one-to-one illustration, but in some sense, it's got a lot of those elements to it. And my prayer is that, that people's eyes would be open to see that, uh, that they would see that there is a creator, there is a divineness to the world that we live in. The, the, there's a reminder that this world is still fragile, um, that it was not created to be eternal. 
this is not our final resting place. There is something beyond this world, a city created not by human hands, as the book of Hebrews says. And so people would start to ask questions about what that could be and and where that could come from. Um, I heard from a friend recently of of, um, a young lady who's reached out to him. She's dating uh, someone from a different faith background, and she's saying, I just can't align the things that he's saying with the Bible. She's got a lot of questions, and she's having these questions be answered um, by my minister friend about what the Bible says about certain things. And so uh, this strange time is really opening up people's hearts and minds to what truth is and where truth comes from. And so we can rest in the knowledge that we have hope through all this, that there is an eternal home, an eternal destination for which we are headed. that we don't have a specific answer to why God is doing this, uh, but we have a general answer, that he's calling on people to come to repentance, that, that he is delaying his coming, his return, uh, that people would have more time, uh, that they would have time to repent and confess uh, and know. And so that's my prayer as we consider this Easter season, as we consider the, the Lent season that we've been forced into in some sense, to consider what we've done without, what is of great importance to us. And then as we consider the resurrection, that pivotal point in mankind's history when death was defeated by Christ, and that we will, in some sense, in a lesser sense, emerge from our homes uh, into new resurrection life, that there will be a fullness in life, that we will have hopefully cast off some of those things that have burdened us that um, are of no importance, and that we have this ultimate hope we have this ultimate hope that uh, that we know where our salvation rests, and we have a good news on our on our lips that we can share with others. And our prayer is that many would come to that saving knowledge of Christ through this strange pandemic that's going on and is global. And um, that's my prayer that this would go around the world and have its effect, that Christ would be glorified, and that um, people would come to the saving knowledge of Him. So these are just a a few thoughts that I've had as we come into Holy Week, and um, I pray that uh, it's been uh, a blessing to you as you sit in quarantine, that you would consider uh, what it is that Christ has done and rejoice. Candid is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe. Don't forget to connect with our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit ltw.org slash candid to connect with these pages, share your questions with me, and get this week's free download. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Thanks for listening.